Welcome to Angel Talk Cafe, your connection to the angelic realm and so much more. For the next hour, sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, and let's talk. The call-in number is 1-323-443-7515. And now, let's meet Joy Barker. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in. I am so grateful to be back in the cafe. There's been a lot of changes for me personally in the past year. I have learned so much. I have laughed, cried, and applied what I have learned, and I am actually creating show topics, classes, and workshops. My intention is to share and teach and give tools to those on their spiritual path. I just feel so blessed with all the teachings and um, applying my spiritual tools and truths that has really gotten me through some interesting challenges in the past year. So I'm so grateful to be back. Some of the classes that I've actually am working on, um, I'm developing a workshop, um, Angelic Feng Shui. I am so so excited about this class. I'm having so much fun working on it. And I'm ready to launch my Developing Your Intuition. That is going to be a workshop with a lot of health, helpful tools and very <clears throat> trusted um, <coughs> techniques that have worked for so many in the past. I am also writing a workshop, or let's say a show, about trust. So many of us betray ourselves unknowingly because we didn't trust ourselves. And for me personally, I'm taking a good look at that and and why. Why don't we trust ourselves? And so I am going to be talking about trust, self-trust, and giving some insights and some tools so that we can move forward. I'm also going to be talking about angel affirmations, the angel affirmations um, everybody knows um, how well affirmations work um, due to the work of Louise Hay, and I'll be talking about that in a moment. But working with angel affirmations and working accordingly with the angels, the particular archangel or angel for a particular affirmation, and those are just going to be affirmations that I'm writing Um, and putting out there, whether it's in my newsletter, on my Facebook page, Twitter. And I do invite you to join those um, Angel Talk Cafe. So many of you may already know that Louise Hay passed a week ago. She is, her work was tremendous. Um, Her book, You Can Heal Your Life, literally changed my life. Um, and I believe also saved my life. And I know that her work on the planet just 
uplifted and changed so many people's lives. And may she rest in peace. My guess is that she's going to get on the other side and still continue working. I mean, she just was such a humanitarian, and she would truly be missed. And with all the changes and the energies of our planet right now, I am asking people every night, every morning, to just send healing healing energy to our planet, to our leaders. Um, We've got so many things going on. It can feel and be overwhelming at times, but I'm suggesting that we step into the space where we know changes can happen, and that's just surrounding our planet with love. And um, I believe all these changes are happening for a reason, some of them being so devastating, but, you know, we are all about change right now. I do want to offer up a moment of silence honoring 9-11. So if we could just do that now. And again, just offering up healing energy to those that were affected. Well, we all were affected with 9-11. And so it is. I have a very, very special guest in the cafe tonight. I am so, so excited about tonight's show and also a little nervous at the same time. Tonight, I have Elaine Marie Sharp in the cafe. Many of you know her. At, and Elaine is a professional writer since 1980. She was born in St. Louis, Missouri. She is a former Air Force brat who lived in Texas, Alaska, Mississippi, Italy, Germany during her first 17 years. That's a lot of traveling. Today she lives in New England where she is a certified color therapist, spiritual aromatherapist, crystal worker, jewelry designer, events organizer, radio show host and radio show producer, and you can visit her site at www brightlighter.com. Tonight's call-in number is 323-443-7515. Elaine, welcome. Hi, Joy. It's so good to be here. Thank you. I am so, so excited about tonight's show. Um, You have written a book called In Lakash. Will you read us the, I want to say epilogue? I'll read the synopsis. That's it. <laughs> That's why you're the author and I'm not. Can you read if that I read for the us? Epilogue, I love it. They'll know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'd be happy to. Okay, this is the, the summary, uh, the synopsis, sorry, of yes. In Lakash. A wise person once said that you don't drown by falling in the water, you drown by staying there. It's a strange thing to think about when you're actually drowning, but I guess you could say that this is a strange situation. The charming seaside town of Little Blessing was founded by Puritans, but one of its descendants could care less about religious values. 
up until age 15, the life of Mercy Faith, Elm Sunday, has been one of extreme privilege, joy, and magic. Her father is the town's mayor, her mother owns a mermaid gift shop, and they live happily together with seven dogs at Sunday's Marina, overlooking beautiful Creation Cove. But the tide turns when Elm's sailor boyfriend is murdered, and her beloved father is swallowed by the sea. Grief-stricken and angry, Elm's usual sunny uh, try that one again. Elm's usual sunny disposition quickly turns sour. She devotes the rest of her teenage life to being a sea priestess, using her newfound powers to control everyone and everything, especially the traitor element of water. During a Halloween sailing party, a drugged-out elm causes the boat to capsize, and her 18-year-old body is never found. She awakens to find herself rescued by a mysterious old woman named Serafina, who takes her to a remote luxury inn, which is also the secret realm of Archangel Zadkiel. We help you remember who you are is the slogan of In Lakesh. Assigned a private suite she shares with Flo, her guardian element, many surprises are unveiled as Elm discovers an eternal oneness to every person, plant, mineral, and mythical creature she meets. After enduring a series of enlightening treatments, Elm returns to Little Blessing in an unusual form to help the one person she vowed never to forgive. Wow. Elaine, what is In Lakesh? Where did the title come from? Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Somehow I knew Great you were question. going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, about three years ago, I was um, participating in a discussion about unity when the Mayan expression In Lakesh came up. In Lakesh means I am another yourself, or you are another me and I am another you. And up until that point, I had never heard of it before, but it really made an impression on me, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And then I started getting these nudges to write a novel. Lots and lots of nudges. <laughs> And that was surprising to me because I never thought I had enough patience or even enough time to write a novel. I was I was writing all the time, but but I you know it was it was surprising to me, and it was also a little crazy, because soon I found myself writing about a fictional place where soul families connected. I didn't know anything about soul families at the time, or I thought I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I called the book In Lakesh, I-N-N, because it best described the intention of the place and the storyline. So to me, it was the perfect title. I love it. Um, I feel like I've been on this journey with you for the past three years as you were writing the book. And it was so interesting because you did not share anything about I know, the book. I know. It's like 
three years and I couldn't get anything out of you about this book, but I knew it was going to be an awesome book. And I didn't know how to express it at the time. I, I, I just knew that so I was receiving so much information, you know, and I was writing so much and things and things that I didn't even know I had just written. You know, I, I didn't know how to explain it to anybody else at the time. You know, so this is my 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 first attempt actually to explain it in uh, you know in the radio uh, medium. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how well I do later. But but yeah, it was it was almost like I was very protective of it and and still unsure how readers would be affected by it or if they would be affected by it. So yes, you're right. It was very difficult keeping it to myself at times too, because I felt I needed to get some of this out to share it to commiserate with other people about it Um, but but at the same time I felt that um, I I needed to be protective of it I you know it was um, it was special you know at least for me (laughs) oh absolutely love and self-love are constant themes throughout your book is this something that you personally believe in? Hmm. Well, I would have to say yes, but it wasn't always the case. Um, <sighs> Louise Hay, you mentioned her at the top of the show, and I'm so glad that you did because she <laughs> she changed a lot of people's lives, including my own. Mm-hmm. And she was a wonderful, wonderful light worker. There's no doubt about it. But she wrote the, the book that I I was changed by for sure was was the first one, uh, or actually it was the second one. I think Heal Your Body was her first one. But you can heal your life, and it really opened my mind to all sorts of possibilities. You know, um, it, I did have some trouble accepting the fact that, you know, one of the things she says is that you choose your parents. And I, at the time I didn't, you know, I was upset with my parents. So I said, no, 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 I would never, <laughs> I would never do that. But you know, Are you crazy? <laughs> I get it. I get it now. <laughs> I yeah. really get it now. But, um, but honestly, before I read Louise's book, and this was, um, I think I read it like in my late thirties, I'm going to guess. Before I read her book, I was just too busy trying to get through life and surviving and, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, as, as places. the song goes. Yeah. Um, so, and then after that, for probably another mm, almost 30 years, I've been working on self-love and forgiveness and being grateful for the life that I have and, you know, not dwelling on what I don't have. And I've also been working on opening my heart chakra and helping others do the same. You know, w- once you've learned something and you want to share it, it's, it's, it's a really fulfilling process. I also bought a heart chakra crystal singing bowl. And of course, I practice color meditation every day. And I work with rose quartz and other pink gemstones for self-love. And I've read and I've listened a lot. And now I'm almost 62. <laughs> Oh God! I can't believe it. I said that on the air, folks. I'm almost sixty-two. Live on air next month, and I do feel happy because I know that I am clearly on the right path. I mean, it took me an awful long time, but I am on the right path. And and these days, you know, 
I I bless everything. I bless, you know, everything that I see. I bless even my enemies and political leaders I, I'm not real fans of, you know. I still bless them. And, of course, um, absolutely. And I've come to understand that my parents, in fact, my whole family, they've been my greatest teachers. Regardless of what went down or, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, they have been my greatest teachers. And mm. I love them all, you know. I don't live near them, but I love them all. And so I have, you know, I, I've, as far as self-love is concerned, you know, I, I work on that every single day, you know, whether, again, it's, it's through the meditations and, and, and working with, with the pink gemstones or whatever. But I work on that every day. I, I grew up in a family where it wasn't really encouraged to, like, sort of primp in front of a mirror. <laughs> And I never really thought I was ugly or anything, but, but, you know, it took me a long time before I could actually really look at myself in the mirror. And, and of course, you know, Louise Hay was always talking about doing that mirror work and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you. I love you. And I used to laugh all the time. It was like, are you kidding me? It's like, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not vain. I, I can't do this, you know, but I have come to the point in my life, as I say, where I'm so much more comfortable with this. You know, there are still things about like my body and everything I would like to change, you know. But you know what? I'm glad I have a body. <laughs> you know, exactly. I'm glad that I am where I am. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I, I, I know what my so-called, um, I don't know, um, failures might be, you know, and, and I'm sure people will pick apart my looks and all sorts of stuff. But you know what? I'm happy being me. And it's not something that you can go around telling people that are just not open-minded, you know, to accept it. But I'm happy being me. So, so yeah, love and self-love are constant themes throughout the book in Lakesh, and it was done on purpose, like so many other things are. Thank you. Um, love and self-love. I, I remember the first time I attempted, after reading Louise's book, to look in the mirror and, and say, I love you. It was something that was so foreign, and all I could do was cry. All I could do was cry. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror, let alone look mm-hmm. at myself in my eyes. And um, the first time a mentor told me that we choose our parents, it's pre-life scripted, I was so angry at her. I couldn't even deal with the comment she had made we were out to dinner and I couldn't even deal with it and she knew she knew what that had done and it took a month before it's like okay we I need to revisit a conversation and she goes okay which one and I told her she goes I knew it because I could not even conceive that I would come in and actually have chosen those parents um, considering, you know, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, my childhood was definitely rough, violent, and abusive. And so to think that I chose these parents, but what I have come to know and understand through Louise's um, work is that it is pre-life scripted. And the lessons that I have learned from my family has been... Um, 
the points that changed my life and um, the self-love and compassion that you have, you know, the theme throughout this book, it's like it just, and, and we'll get into it more, but it just healed me on levels that I never expected. And I will be sharing more of my experiences uh, about in Lakash towards the end of the show. But, um, Elaine, I definitely want to thank you for the book that you've written, um, the the love and the self-love themes throughout the book, I think, are just tremendously healing, and it gives a lot of insight. Um, the characters that you mentioned, the book is so well written that it's like, I know that person. Um, I, you could envision them. Um, you could, you know... Their character in the book, it's like you almost knew what they were thinking. I mean, you described them so well and their personalities. Um, I just thought it was you did an amazing job. Um, in the book, you also talk about honoring the ancestors. Is this something that you do for yourself, that you've actually gone back and checked out the ancestors? Well, you know, I um, up until the point when I started to write about um, the soul families, I really wasn't into, you know, the ancestors at all. It, it, it meant really nothing to me. You know, I, I mean, I had seen like old photographs of people that I had never even known, you know, who were who were family members, and I just look at these old faded photographs and say okay, well, you know, that's that's nice, but they're not here anymore, and, and I can't relate to them. And, you know, it's it's um, it means nothing to me, you know. I came from, hmm, the way I, I, I believe that I, I was raised, I say I believe I was raised because other family members might have a different interpretation of this, but basically I grew up believing, okay, when people are gone, they're gone, you know. Um, if you didn't know them before, you're not going to know them now. <laughs> They're gone. Lights so, out, basically, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so um, when I started to uh, read about, for instance, Native American traditions and how they honor their ancestors, I mean, of course, they're, they're not the only culture that does, um, mm-hmm. but this was interesting to me because I never had any kind of practice like that. Well, now I have an ancestor altar. I uh, I have pictures of my great grandparents on both sides of my family, for instance, and and I didn't know them. As I looked at their pictures, I, I said to myself, you know, what did they go through in their lives? I mean, did they feel fear and grief and all these other things that I've felt in my entire life? And you know, I mean. How difficult was it for them to raise a family? You know, so I, I started asking myself all these different questions. So writing in Lakash has opened my mind to a lot of different things. So again, I would never have I would never have erected an ancestor altar and now it's very, very precious to me, you know. And uh because they came before me. And of course in the book and trying not to give away too much uh, that wasn't already mentioned in, in the synopsis Elm does meet ancestors. These are all females in, in her case. And they all have 
a particular grievance that she can relate to. And, and she comes to understand, you know, that basically we're all in this together. We're all in this together. So everything has changed since for me on the ancestral uh, honoring part um, since writing in Lakesh. And I believe that just writing about the soul families, you know, it, it just changed my perspective. So it wasn't always like that, but I'm really grateful it is now. Awesome. So, Elaine, what made you decide to write a book geared toward um, young adults? Hmm. Well, it didn't start out to be a young adult book. At first, I thought I was just writing a plain old novel. I knew it was going to be a visionary fiction novel, and I didn't know it was visionary fiction until I read about um, the Visionary Fiction Alliance online, which I'm a member of now. And and then I realized, okay, yes, I want to write a book where where the character goes through a lot of trials and tribulations, but in the end is awakened you know, to something, you know, and goes through mm-hmm. some metaphysical things and that kind of thing. But I wanted to write a book that included a lot of what I've personally gone through, you know, um, that I've experienced things like, um, oh gosh, um, like dimension hopping and color therapy and, and aromatherapy and, and things of those, uh, uh, of that nature. So yeah, um, I didn't start off writing about young adults. Or I thought at the, at the beginning, I thought the main character was going to be Glory, who is actually Elm Sunday's mother. Mm, but okay. it didn't turn out that way. The the um, my my little writing helpers, <laughs> they had other <laughs> ideas. They had other ideas, but it didn't last very long. My, my thinking I was writing about Glory because it was it was probably maybe about a month after I started writing this novel that it everything changed. Everything changed. And of course, writing for teenagers, I found, um, was very different than I thought it was going to be, um, because I first had to get into the mind of a teenager. And I don't know about you, but it's been a couple of years since I was a teenager. <laughs> okay, all right. And they are Maybe just a few so more much more advanced that. these days. So, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I. I remembered how anguished and how confused that I was when I was a teenager. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I kept it all in. I didn't even tell my friends. I didn't tell my friends how I felt about what was going on at home or what was going on with the boy I liked or or, or anything like that. I just kept it all in. I wish I had had the... um, courage to have gone to a counselor or somebody, you know, or even a priest mm-hmm. even, to talk about my feelings. But I didn't think anybody did that kind of thing. And being a military brat, I, I didn't think, that, you know, it, well, everybody oh, pretty wow, much knew yeah. what was going on, you know, when you're, when you're on a military base. But I would have loved, I would have loved to have read a book like In the Cash because In the Cash to me depicts a real teenager who's who goes through real stuff, you know, um, jealousy is one, anger is one, grief is one. Um, but she also learns about the connection that we have to everything on the planet. And when I was a teen, I didn't think about anything like that. For instance, you know, the trees, the water, they were just there. I never thought right. about right. like the trees 
purpose of providing shade or paper or whatever, I hadn't even thought about my own purpose either. And the fact that that I personally had to be responsible for my own actions, I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. Instead, as a teenager, I blamed all my problems on others. Mm-hmm. But they were my Blaming. choices, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yes, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, when you blame, like, let's use my family as an example again, you, you blame your family members for for how you turned out or, or whatever. But the choice is, is how do you deal with it at the time? You know, how do you deal with that? You may not have the choice to leave the home situation because you're a minor, but how do you deal with that? And... um I the only way that I dealt with it really was I I I I did find a place um when we were living in Darmstadt Germany I was about 14 15 years old then the uh the church opened up a coffee house called um the back door and the back door was my retreat. I couldn't wait to go to the back door. At the time, I was I was playing my guitar, and I'd go to the back door, and it was you know you, you go in, it's, it was very dark you know black light posters and all the coke you could drink and you know and everybody was bringing their guitars and we were all singing things like um, Jesus Christ Superstar and God Spell and and that oh, was wow. the place that I I I just felt so connected to the creator in that place only. I didn't feel that way in church. I felt it only in this place, the back door. And then as much as I loved that place, you know, I'd have to come home sometime. So I'd come home and I remember mentioning, um, you know, how much I liked it and everything. And then I start talking about Jesus and that sort of turned off people's minds. And and then I, I was criticized by certain family members about, you know, you're not really that good, you know, and, and they just didn't believe that I had this, this real need to be part of something bigger. And I was so excited and happy when I was in this cocoon, if you will, mm-hmm, which was called mm-hmm. the back door. But, um, you know, we, we were raised Catholic. And, um, but still, I mean, and we did go to church, you know, but I didn't feel God was there. I felt God was there mm-hmm. in this little coffee house connected to the church, you know. <laughs> so so <awesome>. it was <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that oneness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That connectedness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I. For me personally, the book is filled with magic, spiritual principles, and miracles. I Mm. felt that love, compassion, and forgiveness were also major themes throughout the book. Is that why you chose, why you highlighted Archangel Zadkiel? In a word, yes. I always knew that he... <laughs> I'm sorry, did you want something a little longer than that? No, 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 no. Um, it's like, I, oh, yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be Zadkiel. I knew it from the very beginning, even when I thought it was going to be the story of glory. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, exactly. I knew it. 
and and because you know I I I um I do work with angels. Um I I knew what his um the benefit of working with Zadkiel was. And so all of this just it, it it kept coming together. I kept getting these nudges. I mean, when I tell you I wrote, I, I would wake up writing. That's exactly what I would do. I, it would be the the book for three years, and this is probably why I didn't talk about it. Is for three years, <laughs> I'm just constantly thinking about this book, even when I'm having a conversation with somebody. So it would have been kind of rude, you know, to be talking about this book all the time. But but yeah, um, Archangel Zadkiel, it had to be him. Because of, you know, he was just a logical angel to make everything happen. I mean, you know, he is the archangel of compassion and forgiveness. He heals painful memories. You know, he's the keeper of the violet flame, for instance. So, so it had it had to be him. And I I, I knew that it was um, once I established what the synopsis was going to be when i when i knew vaguely what the storyline was going to be i didn't know all, i i hadn't put all the pieces together yet you know in the first year um i changed a lot of stuff but um i knew it had to be archangel's ad i knew it had to be his retreat i also knew that you know that um the color violet was going to be very important here you know, throughout mm-hmm. this book, but it's not the only color that's important. I mean, pink. There's a lot of pink in it too, obviously, but um, but violet. And he's you know he's in charge of the violet flame, and so he's associated with the color violet. So yeah, it had it had to be him. It had to be him. Absolutely. Um, the character Big Dave in your book, which. Mm. I absolutely love that character. Is he based on anybody in your life? Yes, he is. And really? he's the only character in the book who was. Um, I'm not going to give you his name, but I, I can tell you, he wasn't a sailor like Big Dave, but he, he was a blue-eyed blonde. He was a real sweetheart of a guy. I knew him when I was in my 20s. Um he was very much into spirituality and native culture. And um, sadly, I learned that he had passed some years ago from Alzheimer's. Mm. And so the Alzheimer's element of that, I wanted to, you know, you know this from reading the book. I'm not going to, I'm not going yeah. to, to uh, share everything. <laughs> no in this no more spoil alert. But anyway, there's, there's a reason, there's a reason for everything in the book. I think, I mean, I believe that we'll meet again someday and we'll have a lot to talk about because I think he would be astounded to know how much that he inspired me. Astounded. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's the only one. And, you know, it, it was very... It was very tough writing about his surmise in, in the book because, you know... I, I had him die in the first draft, and of course he was dead in the second draft. And by the time I got to the third draft, every time I came to that part, I had gone through I don't know how many boxes of Kleenex. So <laughs> I, he came to be a real, um, definitely one of my favorite characters. There's no doubt about it, you know. And and also because you know he, his spirit, his 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 personality, you know, his love for he was a vegetarian. Um, and, 
his love for people, his love for animals, his love for for the environment. You know, I poured all of that stuff into him. You know, and um, he, he was just absolutely one of my favorites. But it's it's hard to kill off, you know, a favorite character. I had never done that before. I him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so did so did Glory, you know, his wife, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so did but but I think it was. I, I laughed so hard when I when um you know um at at the restaurant at the the little blessing restaurant there they they named a sandwich after him you know of course it was a vegetarian sandwich you know <laughs> so uh, but anyway um yeah. Yeah, Let's Davis. talk he about cool. Ruth. I I now know <laughs> that she's not based on a real character, but I think she's I've not. known uh, many Ruths, and uh, I didn't like her. Um, mm. Well, however, I understand why <laughs> the you reason like her. she was the way she was. Well. I had actually written a whole backstory, like a whole chapter about her thinking about, you know, her her past history and why she was the way she was and all this kind of stuff. But I wound up taking it out. However, if somebody wants to really read it, <laughs> maybe, maybe they can get it out of me sometime. But I, but it helped me understand why she was the way she was. Now, as you said, um, Ruth wasn't based on anybody I know. However. I did have a grandmother named Ruth, and she was just the sweetest. I wish I had her bread pudding recipe. Anybody got it out there? <laughs> Grandma's bread pudding recipe. I need that. Oh, and her macaroni and cheese was really good, too. But anyway, she was so sweet. The complete opposite from Ruth Abbott Sunday, who, as you know, as we've mentioned, she was, she was a meanie. Um, among other things, there were probably other words that are stronger, Meany, but I'm not going to use them um, here. Judgmental, bitchy, mm-hmm. you name it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, but you know, I wanted a name that sounded strong, and when the word Ruth popped in my brain, again, the nudges, the nudges keep coming, right? It nudgy, popped in my nudgy, brain. I yep. knew, I knew that Ruth had to be the name. I mean, I, I, I did you know, like go through a a name um, website to see if I could find an alternative. But it kept coming back to Ruth. And I said, you know what? When you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Ruth it is, is yeah. the name. And and who knows? Maybe Grandma on the other side is going, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I know this, this woman isn't me, but you can go ahead and use I'm my name. I'm not taking it personal. I, I, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was such a sweetheart that that you know, I I'm I'm sure she she'd get a kick out of it. So, so yeah, Ruth, Ruth, but Ruth is important though too. Oh, absolutely, know. absolutely. And uh, it's um, interesting. And what was that... so nice about the characters mm-hmm. that you write about is mm-hmm. that I felt like I got to know them. Um, Me too. They felt <laughs> real. Yeah, I bet. Seriously, yeah. It, it's like. I felt like I knew them, and you knew at times. Yep, that's Ruth, um, mm-hmm. and that there's Glory. Um, I just really fell in love with the characters. Noah, a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can I tell, can right? Vision, Noah. <laughs> I can't wait to see the movie and see who they pick for yeah, Noah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, in the book, you write about Glory having Lyme disease, and mm-hmm. that is something you definitely uh, do struggle with. How was that um, for you writing uh, about Lyme disease in the book? Well, it was 
it was pretty easy for me <laughs> because I've gone through all of the different um, uh, symptoms that Glory has. And it was very um, cathartic for me to write about it, too. I I want to make it very clear, though, that I don't, I, or at least I try not to let Lyme disease define me. A lot of people have no idea that I have it. Um, I think probably because I, you know, I, I take great pain so that they don't know because I don't want it to be ever an issue. But it has, um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I've gone through times, and fortunately, it's so, I'm, I'm doing so much better now, but I have had times where, um, for instance, I would just stare at a page, you know, uh, a book in a magazine or something, and not realize what was there. You know, I have, um, there have been times when I could, I, I would type words. There would be times when I would speak gibberish. Uh, there was a time when I was taking a shower and couldn't remember how to turn it off, although I've used that shower thousands of times. Couldn't remember. Just stood there and and could remember. And it was it was very scary and very weird. Um, and these days, I'm doing so much better. Um, I still have the vertigo. I still have light flashes. I still have a lot of pain, but not as much. But you know what? This novel really helped me deal with it. You know, Lyme disease is oh, a neurological awesome. condition, for instance. You know, and um, and so that was another that was another connection to Archangel Zadkiel. So he's really helped me through this. <laughs> you know, when I when I first started writing this, I I knew that Zadkiel was going to be you know a main a main character in this. I I just came right out and asked him, is it okay? You know, is it okay that I use you in this way, you know, in, in a fictional book? And so far, so, you know, it's good. So, uh, but, um, but I'm not anything like Glory, of course. I mean, you know, um, although we've both had crystal bed healing sessions and we both know how frustrating and painful Lyme disease can be. And we also have had doctors who said, oh, that doesn't exist. Lyme disease doesn't exist, and you know real. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it, it, it's unfortunate, but there are people who feel that way. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, other than that, I've I've never been a professional mermaid. Um, I don't wear big floppy hats or pink glasses, uh, <laughs> oh, with the exception <laughs> I, I do I do wear my Baker Miller uh, Baker Miller color therapy glasses sometimes, and those are pink. And I definitely don't carry a mermaid cane. So. So, uh, you know, I've had people ask me if, because of my Lyme disease, if I am Glory, and there's, no, I am definitely not Glory. I'm not not in this book. I mean, I feel every single character in this book. I know every single character in this book. I may not have started out to, but, um, but, but to me, I'm, I'm not one of the characters, you know, um. Well, for me personally, and you and I have had conversations about this, um, I didn't know what to expect. I knew that this was going to be big. Like I said, I feel like I've been a part of your journey throughout this book, um, not being given any clues or hints, but it's been a long three years coming. But I have to tell you, Elaine, 
This book has changed my life. And I have done shows about forgiveness. I have um, talked about it. I thought I had worked things out. But it wasn't until reading your book, and I knew that Archangel Zadkiel was going to be in here, and Zadkiel being the angel of compassion and forgiveness. I was actually, um, in knowing, you know, the violet flame of transmutation, purification, um, I was really anxious to get the book started. Um, my first insight about this book being a healing tool, and yes, that is what it has been for me personally. When I read the last paragraph of Chapter 11, I wept and I wept. And I remember sending you an email because I needed a break. It's like anybody else may have written or have read that paragraph and just turn the page. But for me, in that couple of sentences, and I will read it, it's actually one sentence, I think, um, I just sobbed. And, you know, I haven't shared a whole lot about my upbringing and my past, but, um, you know, you and I have talked about it extensively. Um, You know, there was a lot of abuse. Um, The relationship with my mother was very estranged. And... um, as with my father, and there had been, you know, I've been spending years trying to heal, let go, forgive, and I was actually, you know, my mom passed three or four years ago, and um, which sent me into post-traumatic stress. I didn't expect everything to come flooding back. Long story short, um, reading this last paragraph of Chapter 11, um, uh, Glory is talking to Elm. I think I have the characters right. And mm-hmm. Glory says to Elm, promise me you won't ever let anybody hurt you again. Do you hear me? And if anything ever happens, you have my permission to fight back. You're half Southerner, you know. I wept and wept. I never knew that I could say, no, you can't hurt me. You can't hit me. You can't abuse me. And for me, that last chapter just, and I knew Archangel Zachiel was with me during this whole process of reading the book, um, that that weeping that I do, and I couldn't even put words to it or feelings. All I knew that it was a cleansing, and now I know Archangel Zadkiel was actually transmuting all that pain, all that hurt, all the abuse. And um, that's when I knew this book is a book with miracles, with healing tools, um, magical, mystical. So that was my first inkling. And um, that paragraph that you wrote, it gave me permission to say no more. 
And that is something that I feel I can carry and will use the rest of my life here. It gave it gave me my power back. And I want to thank you for that because I know you had no idea or maybe you did because I still say, you know, this is channeled material. Um, (laughs) Because I shared with you that as I'm reading it, I'm seeing like, you know, stardust. Um, So I wanted to thank you for that. And for me personally, the mother-daughter relationships that were protected portrayed in the book, played a huge role in the healing process of forgiving my mother. Mm. Prior to reading the book, and I'm going to be very open and honest with my listeners about that, this, I had no desire to forgive my mother. I didn't feel that she deserved my forgiveness. Although I know it's for my benefit, I couldn't go there. I did continue to carry the anger and the resentment towards my mom. All the events that led up, uh all the events that led up to a particular um, part of your book, Mm -hmm. um, all the events up to that point on the beach, um, and I don't want to give anything away, but I feel like it was in a total preparation for that final release. And mm. what was so amazing is that, again, what weeping, crying, and I couldn't put thoughts or even feelings. All I could do was experience um, the weeping part. And But when it was done, Elaine, I no longer feel tethered to the anger, resentment, um, the pain, the hurt. It has been transmuted. And so now when I think of my mother, um, I don't feel any of that. And I have to be honest with you, I, you know, uh, prior to to this happening, there was a lot of anger there. There was a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. And now I can think about my mom and that charge, so to speak, of all that hurt feelings have, have been transmuted. That in itself, I feel, is a miracle. Absolutely. Mm. And so I do want to thank you for what you've done. When you, this work, it's totally amazing. And here's another thing that I wanted to point out is that I I feel no fear. I have no anger. I have no resentment. And what I can honestly say I have now when I think of my mother is peace, calm, and joy. Mm. So thank you. Oh gosh! Well, I'd say thank, and thank Archangel Gabriel because <laughs> he, he played a big part in this book. <laughs> but you know what? It's what like you I just shared, like... Joy, it, it did take a lot of courage. But I think it's definitely every writer hopes to hear that their book changes lives in some way. I think so. Your story it really makes my heart sing. And, you know, I wanted the book to be entertaining, but I wanted it to be in- inspiring as well. 
And at the same time, I was hoping that readers could use it as a sort of manual about Mm -hmm. how to have a happier, a more fulfilling life while you're still here on planet Earth. You know, Elm doesn't get that opportunity. But while we're still here, you know, let's let it go. Forgive. Because forgiveness, I believe, is the key to everything. You don't have to forget that somebody said something horrible or did something horrible to you. But you mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. forgive them because as it says in the Bible, and I can't believe I'm going to actually quote the Bible, and I'm going to do it really badly. <laughs> oh, no. But Here didn't Jesus say, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not know they know not what they do," and that's how it was so easy for instance for me to forgive my father. Have I forgotten the horrible things I felt that he did to me? No, I haven't. But I've released mm-hmm. that. I released this thankfully before he was gone. You know. But not everybody can do that, you know. We we all come to, for instance, in You Can Heal Your Life, Louise Hay talks about the power of forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. But if you still were not, after reading Louise Hay's wonderful work, able to forgive your mother, it's it's mm-hmm. you weren't ready for it yet. So I'm blessed <laughs> to hear your story because for some reason, my fictional book triggered this for you. And that, your your testimony just validated what I had hoped for this book. So thank you, Joy, because no, you've given you. me a real you, gift you've today. A, you have accomplished I'm getting my tissues now. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how many boxes I've gone through since reading this book? But you have given me something that I have. You don't think I've read books on forgiveness or taken a forgiveness course? I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. You're right. I, I believe that at for whatever reason, I wasn't ready, and for whatever reason, when I picked up this book, magic happened because it just did. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not angry. I feel that peace. I can think about my mom without, you know, just my ears turning red. Um, and so for me, it's a miracle because I've been working on it, and you're right, as far as that particular issue, as far as forgiveness, I just couldn't do it, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't do it. And, you know, like I said, I've read books. I've talked about it. It's for our our healing process. And for me, reading this book was like, I get it. I got it. I knew that Archangel Zadkiel was with me. And it's interesting because I also shared with you that usually I'm not – a um, pink person, you know, pink is to me has always represented girly, girly. And mm-hmm. pink is a theme throughout the book. And prior to reading the book, I was being drawn to the color pink. And unbeknownst to me, um, I think it was everything was just in preparation for what was to take place. And I had no idea and all I know is that I feel free and that I no longer carry this pain, the hurt, um, and thank you. That's all I can say is like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm. Well, you know, one of the messages that I'd like readers to take from reading in the cash is that we are all one. We are connected to everything and everyone. And everything that we write and we think and we do, it affects another. 
and when we help someone, we are actually helping ourselves. And and another message um, from this book is that life can be beautiful if we change our perspective. So if we want to evolve, if we want to evolve, we need to release our anger and our negativity. We need to focus on conquering our fears and to forgive, forgive and love everybody. But that includes ourselves. And we've got to do it now while we are Mm -hmm. still living, while we are still breathing in human form. It's our choice. Absolutely. And I can honestly say I am joy. I and you're familiar with some of the the recent changes in my life. It's like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm moving into a whole new like spiritual arena as far as um you know, clearing things and letting go. And so when we release something, we've created this space that something else can come in and be there. And I know that I've cleared out so much energetically that I'm looking forward to what I'm calling, you know, the next chapter for myself. And I attribute so much of this to your book, to the magic to Archangel Zadkiel, to even the characters in the book, because there was so much that you or they, you, (laughs) taught as far as the spiritual lessons, let alone the fun things that you had in the book that I'm like, wait a minute, i got to look that up. I want to check that out. Um, For instance, the dimension hopping and... Mm -hmm. um, I just want to thank you, Elaine, because this book has changed my life, um, mm. and I can finally say, "Hey, I'm free. I, I, I'm healed in the area of forgiveness with my mother." And I also shared with you. It's like two days later. I'm like, "Oh no! Does this mean I have to move on and forgive this particular person that had caused a lot of pain?" And, you know, and I was joking with you, but it's like, you know what? I'm ready. I am and ready. I, and I think that part of self-love, too, is that forgiveness, too. Because otherwise <laughs> you're going around carrying this anger for years and year, resentment for years and years and years. You're not doing anything for yourself. That's not making you right. feel better at all. You know, anger never does. I mean, you can you can talk about somebody, you know, until you're blue in the face, and 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 it's still not going to change anything. Except, you know, again, is the glass half full? Is it half empty? Every, I think what you you're explaining to to me and to your audience is that you've achieved or getting to achieve the first level at In Lakesh, which is the color pink. So you're almost a pinky, as I would call it. <laughs> oh, that was the you other know? thing. I but to it's be a, a pinky. self-love that you've just, you've just <laughs> shown yourself by forgiving your mother. And pink is the color of self-love and compassion. So well done, you. 
Thank you, but no, thank you. And Elaine, we are going to go over um, by just a few minutes because the show was actually scheduled um, for an hour and a half. I didn't realize that until just now. And we are going to be closing the show with one of Elaine's self-love, um, pink self-love meditation. Um, and we're going to close the show with that. But Elaine, there was something else in a recent conversation that you and I had that I want to just mention briefly because we were talking again, um, my excitement that I've been able to forgive my mother. And, and we were talking about it. And during that conversation, you said, why was it so important? Or... I don't even remember the question exactly, and I remember what my response was. I did it for me because I love me now. Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful. And then you said, well, Joy, you have a pretty good relationship with your daughters, and I'm like, oh, my God. And so here was another big aha moment for me is that because of who my mother was, the type of mother and the, you know, the abuse, abuse that she, you know, what happened, everything, I hadn't focused on the fact that because of who she was, made me the mother that I am today to both my daughters. And it got me thinking is that I had not stepped into the gratitude of who I've been able to be as a mother to my daughters. And as you know, I did ask them to write a paragraph. Just I was just curious. I said, don't get mushy, but just, you know, give me a general description when you think of mom. Um, you know, compared to what I would think when about my mom before. Um, and it's truly been a blessing that I did receive and did not have the gratitude for it because who she was made me the mother that I am to my girls. And I can't, you know, that's huge, too, for myself. Um, and you actually did read the statements that my girls made, and I'm not going to share at this time because as I write my um, my book review, um, I think there's more work that I can do with mother-daughter relationships, and all I can do is have gratitude for my girls and the fact that I can say I've been a good mom. Mm-hmm. That's very special. That's very special, particularly since the kind of relationship that you had with your mother. Exactly. So it's all been um, just an amazing journey, even though it took me six years to uh, get where I am. But you know what? I'm here, <laughs> and I'm happy, <laughs> and I'm thrilled. And so, again... I will be thanking you to the end of days. Thank you for the work oh. that you've done. <laughs> um, it's just been so amazing for me, E. Um, and do you have any last words for our listeners about your book in Lakesh? Yeah, I I, I want to. 
I want to say again how thankful I am that you're sharing your your experience um, and and the changes that you've gone through since reading it. I don't know if this will ever happen again to any other reader. I don't know. I when I sat down to write it, it wasn't for accolades or um, you know uh, a change of income. Well, that would be nice, but um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but but. It was because, you know, none of us are getting any younger, as they say. And I wanted to pass down knowledge, experiences I personally had over the years that have been very important to me. But at the same time, put it into a book that was not nonfiction, you know, um, put it in a, in a, a fictional book that was again entertaining but also inspiring thought provoking you know there may be people that will read this book and say oh this could never happen whatever well it's fantasy for one <laughs> but it was divinely inspired i know that i mm-hmm. also know that the nudges i mean i mean i believe that you mentioned the word channeled Yes, it, it. I believe it was channeled as well because, I mean, there, there were so many times where <laughs> the words, these stories, the characters just flowed, the dialogue just flowed out of me. You know, it was, it was constantly on my mind, as I mentioned before. It flowed out of me. Before I started this book, I asked the angels to help me, and, and in particular... Archangel Zadkiel, because I knew it was, he was going to be a, a major feature in this book. But so I say to myself, did I write this book? Does anybody ever write a book by themselves? <laughs> Aren't we all sort of channeled by somebody, some people, uh, guides, angels, um, whomever, you know? But I mm-hmm. am grateful. I am so grateful that um, people like yourself have expressed to me what this book has done for them. And that makes me happy because that means I can write the sequel. <laughs> which, which we knew there I was didn't going to be a sequel. <laughs> um, I did not know. Um, when this book, uh, this, this book was released on August 8th, when it came out, I felt like... Uh, I've, I've never given birth before, so I, I'm, I can only assume this is how I felt. But I was like numb. I, I was, I was sort of in la la land. Like, oh wow, what happened here? I, I was walking into walls. I didn't know where the heck I was. But I had no I intention that. of writing this. I, I had no intention of writing a sequel. Are you crazy? This took me, you know, uh, over three years to to do here uh, a sequel, and and it took up so much of my life and my brain power and everything else. However, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got the nudge again, and I couldn't stop it, and so I've been writing Fast and Furious now on the sequel to In the Cash. And you know what? I will give you an exclusive Joy, Joy Barker. I will tell you the title of it if you would like me to. Like now? Yeah, sure. Like now. What is it? <laughs> yes, the ti- I want to scoop. 
<laughs> I know I know you're in a state of shock. The title the title of the sequel to In Lakesh is called Light Mover. And that's all I'm going to say. So um Got it. it is it's it's um like I said, I, I'm I'm just trying to get all the words down before I forget them and everything, but it's just it's just coming to me very quickly. Um and I don't know how long it's going to take me to finish it. It might be a year. It could be a few years. I have no idea. But in the meantime, I'm also continuing to write the In Lakesh screenplay, which Yay. is a breeze. It's it's a breeze writing this compared to writing the novel because the book always played in my mind like it was a movie, you know, always. So I'm really excited about both of these projects, but um, yeah, never thought I was going to write a sequel. I, I I thought people asked me, asked me right at right after I released the book, are you going to write a sequel? Are you going to write a sequel? And I'm thinking, <laughs> there I'm going to have my head examined. I mean, this is crazy, but <laughs> then it happened again. And it's like once you get these nudges from <laughs> whatever source you want to, it it, it 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 could be the creator, it could be spirit guides, it could be angels, whomever. Sometimes you just can't ignore them because they won't let you. And a lot of what uh, is in in Lakesh are based on dreams that I personally had. I have a lot of strange dreams. <laughs> but, wow, but, fun! You know, it, there's a lot going on here. But um, so yeah, so I'm I'm writing the sequel now, and, <laughs> and I don't good. know how long that's, it's that's take. a good heads up. I'll be prepared next. Yes, it's called Light Mover, and I'm not I I'm not mentioning it on my website yet. It's it's way too soon, but I thought, I, you know, because I I don't like when anybody cries, um, <laughs> particularly over something I've written. I thought I would give you. The oh no no no! Are you joy, kidding? So, so there you go. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, but it was a You're good welcome. cry. It felt awesome, and like I said, I tried to put feelings or words or thoughts to it. And I couldn't, mm-hmm. and so I just let the process happen. Happen, and seriously, it, it, a miracle. I mean, it's just been for me since reading it, an amazing journey for myself, um, and it's inspired me. So I, I, you know, you've done job well done. I mean, I've heard people say if this story could change one person's life, then I've done my work. You've surpassed your work. Um, and again, I thank you for that. Um, Elaine, where can we find you, um, find the book? What are your website, Facebook, everything? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you exactly where you can find me right this second. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I think the best way to find me is at writelighter.com, W-R-I-T-E-L-I-G-H-T-E-R.com. When you uh, go to the main page there, you'll you'll see the synopsis of In Lakesh, and, and there's all information about In Lakesh, but also about um, the writing workshops that I offer from that website. As you know, I am a certified color therapist as well. I am the founder of Aura House School of Color and Light, and that website is colortherapyschool.com. And uh, and so there's workshops there, and there's CDs and, and all sorts of things too. So um, one of the um, 
the things that I've I've done for in the cache is is I've combined three of my color meditations and put them together and I believe yeah the uh, the pink self love meditation is the one that you're going to play tonight but because pink is so important in in um, Elm's ascension process you know i thought it would be something that everybody could relate to including men i know a lot of men are not uh are not uh, connected to the color pink but there's nothing wrong with it really and i know that some men are really comfortable in in females homes for instance that for instance that are decorated in pink you know but but they would not do it for themselves i think that pink whether you you're holding a rose quartz stone which is which is a a, a pale pink color or another pink stone or if you wrap a pink scarf around yourself or 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 whatever or or just just meditating on the color pink you know it's very very helpful it's very helpful once you start to love yourself again this is not a concept that that a lot of families a lot of people grew up you know in believing you know um, right because right. we would call it vanity you know very egotistical you know you, you conceited you know you don't want to like really love yourself you know kind of thing but i think maybe instead of the word love although i like the word love a lot um i think respect is a good word too. If, if you if you can't if you can't actually say I, I love myself, then how about I respect myself? And the color pink, the color pink is is a color that I would suggest using. And if you do have the color therapy uh, glasses, then use the the color pink. It's called Baker Miller pink. If you don't have that particular one, and um, it, you just see the world in a whole new light through pink. And you see yourself well, in a whole new light through pink. We are all love. I mean, we all. I, I think that's one thing that we we fail to remember is that if you believe that we were created by a creator who created us through love, then doesn't it stand to reason that we are all love? Absolutely. I believe that anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. But you don't. But the and- thing, you know, don't believe me. Don't believe Louise Hay. Don't believe anybody. But believe what's in your heart. But if you can try and open your mind, you know, there's a reason for everything in this planet. You know, there's a reason for the flowers. You know, and for the crystals and and you know, there's a re- the trees. You know. The tree is very important in the book too. I remember. Oh, I um, love the trees. <laughs> the trees. So, um, so anyway, um, I I think that pink is and and pink and 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 the first level in in Lakesh is the color pink. You know, so it had to start off with pink. It has to start off with love in order for you to trust, in order for you to to have grace, in order for you to heal. You've got mm-hmm. to have the pink, the self love, the compassion first for you to forgive. And like I said, I had been my whole life. It's like no pink is. Is my girls don't like pink because it's girly. And, gee, I don't know where they got that from. But I have been drawn to pink, and I'm like, what is going on? And it was all in preparation for this book. There's no coincidences. And mm-hmm. I don't mind using 
the self-love. I love me. I believe that love is the most powerful energy, um, highest vibration. And so personally, I have no problem saying I love me, especially when I can now look in the mirror at myself and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that before. Mm-hmm. Not without crying. Um, and now it's like I feel so empowered. So pink, male, There's women, power whatever. There's tears, too, you know. Oh, yes. Tears. There's power we tears. Cry? There's, there's, there should be no shame in, in, in showing the mm-hmm. tears, in showing the grief, in showing the release, you know? Mm-hmm. No matter how tough you were, you were raised to be, you know, or, or what you think that the the world wants you to be, you know. Again, we are all one. I am exactly. another you. You are another me. In Lakesh, in Lakesh, there's no accidents. There's a reason why this book is called this. There's a reason why <laughs> in Lakesh exists. I believe it does exist, and hopefully, other people will believe it too. And even if they don't, I would love to see that they follow some of the principles that are in the book. I mean, Elm goes through a lot of stuff, but she learns a lot, too. Absolutely. It's all about our choices. And so choose pink, choose love. And be love. Mm -hmm. I am so calm right now. It just feels so good. Just just talking about the color pink, I can feel it. Um, mm-hmm. Elaine, where can we purchase the book? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> um, it's an e-book form right now, and the printed version will be out um, on Mother's Day. There's a reason for that, but as you know, now yep. that you've read the book, we can't tell you why. Um, but... <laughs> But uh, you can buy the book. If you go to writeladder.com, you'll see on that main page all the different um, possibilities. There. There's Amazon, Kobo, uh, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, um, you know, and you just press the button and it will take you to the, to the place that you want to be. Um, so, yeah, you can uh, buy the book right there at writeladder.com. Elaine, I want to thank you so much. You have changed my life, and I definitely look forward to the movie, the sequel. Um, have fun with all that. Um, <laughs> it, it, you've changed. You've changed my life, and thank you. Life changing. Thank you. Life thank changing. you for sharing that. No worries. Well. We're going to close the show with the pink self-love meditation. Elaine, I want to thank you so, so much. You have gifted us with just an amazing, an amazing healing uh, technique, um, tools. Um, I just want to thank you. I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me personally. And now, hopefully, I don't have to buy any more boxes of Kleenex. (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe maybe when the print version comes out, a, a box of Kleenex should accompany each book. Oh my gosh, it should. Oh my god, that's a great marketing idea because it's just it feels so good. Like I said, total healing. Um, and I do want to thank you for that. Um, and now Elaine's pink meditation. Good night, everybody. This is Elaine Marie Sharp, author of In the Cash, A Journey to the Realm of Oneness. At the Soul Spa, Elm learns the importance of the color pink and its relation to self-love. Relax and enjoy this pink self-love meditation. Consider it your personal valentine to yourself. In your mind, see yourself standing inside your own secluded, private spa room. It is a bright and sunny space with pale pink walls and a skylight overhead. There are lots of lush green plants and a beautiful six-foot rose quartz fountain bubbling in a corner. You have a private terrace that opens to a beautiful pink garden. For now, this is your oasis. So look around the room You see a large spa massage chair with a rose quartz pedicure bowl. Next to the chair is a tall table with a built-in sink, a pink face towel, and a pink jar and a pink bottle resting on a small golden tray. Along one wall is a bench with a stack of plush pink towels, a pair of pink slippers, and a fluffy pink bathrobe. In the corner opposite from the fountain is a full-length mirror. Remove your clothing and go to the mirror and look at your reflection. If this feels too difficult and maybe even painful, I understand. Many years ago, when I first read Louise Hay's groundbreaking book, You Can Heal Your Life, I squirmed at the passage where she tells you to look into a mirror and say, I love you. I approve of myself. 
We all have insecurities about our bodies, but it is important during today's self-love experience to open your mind, open your heart, and appreciate the person you are, the person you are seeing now. Let go of your criticisms. Let go of negativity. Let go of your doubts. No judgment is allowed at this moment. Just observe. Now, as you look at your reflection in the mirror, say these affirmations aloud. I give myself the gift of love with no restrictions. I give myself the gift of forgiveness with no restrictions. I give myself the gift of compassion with no restrictions. I give myself the gift of patience with no restrictions. I give myself the gift of joy with no restrictions. Good. Now, go to the bench and put on the pink robe and the slippers. A perfect fit. Thank you for listening to Angel Talk Cafe. We'd like to hear more from you, so please post your comments on our Angel Talk Cafe page on Facebook. And for more information about Joy's Angel, Mediumship, and Seashell readings, visit her website at angeltalkcafe.com.